This is Alan. This is Matt. And this is The Vinyl Crawl, the podcast where we do one beer and one album, talk about both, set at a pub, crawl out of the pub once we're done. <laughs> Depending on what we're drinking. And this episode we are drinking the Three Floyds Dreadnought Imperial IPA to go with the relatively new album mm-hmm. by PJ Harvey, The Hope Six Demolition Project. And we were talking a minute ago about the first time you would try to dreadnought. Yeah. Because dreadnought is and it incredibly good IPA. It's it's yeah. one to judge other IPAs by. Exactly. If you if you see it on a shelf and it only comes in the uh, the bomber bottle or twenty two ounce bottle. Right. Uh, at least that's the only way I've ever seen it. It's well worth it. You know, it is on the higher price scale of thirteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. But it's also almost ten percent too. And it's full of citrusy just It's good. It's yeah. really good. It's good. It's got a ninety eight on Beer Advocate, which yeah. is really high. Oh yeah. It's every bit of that ninety eight. Yeah. At least for me. I don't um, know what year this beer started. I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, I know. First time I had it was 2009. Okay. Because I can I can put the historical marker with the Newgrass Festival that was happening here at the time. Which... So let's let's hear the full deets about the first time you had it. Okay. Um, well, I was going out to Chuck's where our mutual friend Blake worked at the time. To get supplies for the Newgrass Festival. Right. You have to stock up. You do. Right. Um, and so that's... And the, the Newgrass Festival, just to give context, is... Sam Bush. Um, it's kind of celebrating Newgrass Revival as the, um, the I guess, grandfathers or fathers of Newgrass. Which was music. a branch of bluegrass. Yeah. It was like an updated bluegrass that... Started around the 70s, early 70s, something yeah, like that. right around, they heard John Hartford's Steam Power and <laughs> right. Aerial Plane, and that kind of spun them into a, uh, it's fusion, it's... It's a lot of different genres yeah. wrapped up with bluegrass instruments. That's the... Right. That's the mainstay, is you yes. have to have bluegrass instruments. Um, and the other one, other album around that time, though, Earl Scruggs... Is it Earl Scruggs and Friends? Or I Saw the Light? I can't remember that yeah. album. 69, when the, when Flat and Scruggs split, and that was his first album. That was, that was a, he did Lonesome, a version of Lonesome and A Long Way From Home. Was that around the same time as like, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And, no, and that, that was sort of later. Thing? Was it later? I believe, okay. I believe. But yeah. there was a huge influx and in interest in bluegrass and folk and roots music and it's kind of the beginnings of what we have now with americana yeah started around that time right yeah. and new grass was a big part of that sure and in this area new grass is still a huge oh, thing they're, they're you know sam bush has been crowned the <laughs> king of new grass or right. whatever and so kentucky's known for bluegrass, bluegrass music as well so just yeah. for context that's that's yes. what new grass yeah. is yeah <laughs> And so uh, Blake said, man, you got to try this beer. You'll love it. I tried it. It was Dreadnought IPA, all into it. Um, And at that time, they were the first place to do growler fills. And I said, I'll take a growler of it. 
So I got it, and I was going to take it out to Newgrass Fest, but I never got around to it. There was too much other good stuff right. out there. Um, apple pie moonshine, too. That was good. So I had that left over the following week, and I'm like, ah, it's about four days old. Time to drink it. Called a buddy of mine and said, man, come over. We need, I need to drink this growler. Let's hang out, listen to some music on the patio and all that. And was this before or after you had kind of learned that, you know, a growler of craft beer is not the same as like a pitcher of, you well, know, American classic beer? Like I knew Miller it tasted good, but I didn't know the con. The See, there was a funny contact, story where. <laughs> content. <laughs> See, there was a funny story where you dove into a growler not knowing exactly what you were doing one time. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it. I'd never seen a bottle. There wasn't a bottle. There wasn't a label. Right. There weren't any specs. You on knew it. beer I from knew growing beer. up. You knew what beer yeah. was. So <laughs> I drank Foster's. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or like if you want to get real fancy, Heineken. That's true. Yeah. St. Polly Girl. There you go. Harp. Um, and so he said, Yeah, man, I'll be over. I'm like, Great. And so I wait a half an hour and all that. And I'm like, Dude, are you coming over? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm like, Great. So I pop the top on it, the growler, drink one, killer, pour another. And I'm like, dude, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, man, I was getting ready to leave and I can't come over or something. Something happened that he had to watch his son or whatever. So I was already two glasses (laughs) into it. And I'm like, man, I wish you would have told me because I already opened the growler. Mm -hmm. Can't waste it. No, can't can't waste it no this was sin this was the middle of the week too which (laughs) right which made really bad (laughs) for the next day at work so i'm about three-fourths into the growler of this that we're drinking the dreadnought and i'm like kim you gotta have at least one glass you gotta help me out here so she drank one and then i ended up finishing the rest of it i felt awful the next day <laughs> awful and it says 9.4 or something like yeah, that it's, um, i swear it was it was more alco- alcohol it's content 9.5 and it's every oh. bit of 9.5 man so that was the first and only time i've had a growler of dreadnought i'm sure they don't do growlers of it probably now, not it's not very um there's not a lot of bitter on it either no or you know for a hoppy beer there's not much bitter yeah. hit to it you know, I'm used to, I'm used to drinking IPAs like Two Hearted that always have that real bitter finish to them. Right. Um, and Two Hearted's good because it's kind of it's a little bit above a session beer, but it's not quite. Yeah. It's it, you know it's still like it's six good and a summer half beer, summer beer six and a half to seven percent. So it's almost more uh, more malt or something. Yeah, it, it says it's got a malt body like that. to it. So, but it's not. It does. It almost has like a lager body to it. It's really strange. Yeah. But you get the nice hoppy start mm-hmm. and finish to it. That's Three Floyds, though. They brew exceptional beers. They really do. They're one of our favorite breweries, yeah. no doubt. They are They are more hit than miss, for sure. And honestly, if it's a miss, it's not really a miss. It's just not a style of beer I'm into. Right. But it's still a solid Somebody beer. probably still loves yeah. it. They don't have any that nobody's. somebody's like, that's terrible. But you know you can regularly probably find Alpha King. Oh yeah, um, Gumball Head is another good one. 
always get them confused with who's it that does three philosophers. Oh yeah. Alma gang. Yeah. I always get Alma gang and three Floyds mixed up because they have similar bottles. Sometimes they have similar labels. Like they have some of the similar art styles to it. Right. Dreadnought has a really cool art style to it. Oh it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of, uh, Indian, maybe Arabic style script, like, like that kind of scripting, oh, yeah. like an Arabic yep. kind of scripting. And it's got a, looks like Indian guy, Indian girl, and some sort of Indian general all fighting on the label, <laughs> which is a great segue into PJ Harvey's newest release. That's right. The Hope 6 Demolition Project. So are you a, would you consider yourself a PJ Harvey fan? From, from way back. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was pretty much there at the beginning. Rid of me. Yeah. Uh, to bring me my love. Or wait, yeah. To bring, to bring to you bring my love. you my love. I think is the name of that one. Um, dry. Yeah. She's pretty exceptional. Like she's, yeah. she's an incredible artist. Yep. One thing that's great about her that really flows into this album is that she bucks trends. She doesn't care what the trend is at the time. Yeah. She reminds me a lot. Um, it was to bring to bring you my love was her big breakthrough, right? That, that was probably the one. That was the one I had down by the water, which yeah. which got tons of play yeah. on MTV. Super creepy, right? She was part of that that movement of like creepy girl movement with like well, female singers that were. Honestly, that was the what early to mid nineties yeah. girl movement. Right. I mean, it was like, I don't know the nineties. Mu- it was such a weird decade of music, but mm-hmm. there was that three or four years into the decade. I hate to say it, but it's the Lilith fair kind of movement. Yeah. And I hate to say that because Lilith well, fair kind of turned into whatever it turned into, but it was about yeah. empowering females. That was the initial goal of it was to empower female musicians to say, you know, there's, there's a horde festival, there's this festival, right. there's that yeah. festival. We've got our festival. That's right. Now, whatever it turned into after that, Sarah McLaughlin's going to headline it. <laughs> yeah. Right. When it should have been someone like PJ Harvey, probably headlining. Yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. But you know, that, that scene, I guess, you know, really kind of took charge. I mean, it was, PJ Harvey, it was Liz Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah McLaughlin was popular. Jewel was popular. Uh, you had bands like what the Cranberries and even right. Garbage and yeah. That, I mean it. It was all over the place. And that's kind of I guess it was probably the wrong way to say it as a creepy girl movement, but it was a yeah. movement where it was like a harder edge female singer, right? And Garbage was on the forefront of that as well as PJ Harvey. You know, we could even, as much as I hate to say it, we'd even put like Courtney Love into that sort of sure. thing. Sure. She was, she was an icon. She's for the that. Wendy O. Williams of the 90s. Um. <laughs> she wanted to be the Wendy O. Williams <laughs> right. of the 90s. She just couldn't take it quite that far. Oh. But Courtney. Yeah. Wow. But I've kind of never been a huge PJ Harvey fan. Yeah. Not out of disliking it actively, it's just that I've never taken a lot of it in. I've only ever listened to it in passing. Like, I remember Down by the Water. Yeah. Um, we were talking about earlier her last album, Let England Shake, which had the single, um, I can't even remember what the name of the single was now. Uh, 
the something that maketh murder. Yeah, yep. The words that maketh murder, was that it or something like that? It, it was something similar right. to that. But, you know, I had the single, so I listened to the single. I really enjoyed it, but for whatever reason, I never dove into the album. This is the first album I've I've dove into. Hmm, and that's interesting. It just, there hasn't been one that really hit me yet yeah. that I could go, like, head first into. I know we have lots of friends that love to bring you my love. Like we have lots of yeah. mutual friends. Like Josh is a big one that, oh, yeah. that loves that album. That's the one to go to, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's solid top to bottom. Um, Rid of Me is really good too. But I like the John Parrish, PJ Harvey stuff oh, okay. from the maybe late 90s. There was one called Dan- Dance Hall at Laos Point or something like that. Okay. That sounds cool. That is in the uh, dark, like her new one. (laughs) Didn't she have a song that was called like Sheila, Sheila and uh, something? Yeah. What's the name of it? It was like a single. I I don't know what album that was from. I'm trying to think because that was one that I really liked. There was a whole string of releases where, you know, you the lead song would be really good and then the rest of it is good, but it's just... PJ. But she's always been her own thing. She's never yeah. really been part of anybody's movement. This album, I think this album might have her most straightforward lyrics of any album I've ever heard of hers because there's not a lot left to guess about in this album. Yeah. From from the start, from Community of Hope all the way to Dollar Dollar at the right. end. Right, yeah. Every song is pretty much her taking her journal, opening it up, and reading yeah. Whatever she wrote down in her journal. Right. And it's in plain English. There's yeah. not a lot of like, you know, illusory things or, or allusions to things. It's all pretty like they're putting a Walmart in here. Like it's very plain English. It's almost like if uh, they put the news mm-hmm. to music. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it's a lot like present day news going on. And yeah, it really is. That's a good way to put it. It's it's like a counterculture news brief, basically. Of, yeah. This is what's going on around us. The thing that um, I really like about it, I'd say that I love 60% of the album, and I really like about the other 40%. Yeah. That's the way I kind of feel about it. The 60% I love, I absolutely, absolutely love. But, like, I like the way that, you know, there's there's songs like Community of Hope and Near the Memorials to Vietnam and Lincoln and Medicinals that are all about the Washington, D.C. area. Right, yeah. And then she mixes those with these songs about Afghanistan to bridge a connection between the two. It does almost tell a story a little bit, even though it's in different locations. Right. I, I The way I feel about it is I feel she was kind of trying to show the American public that these problems we have here are not so far removed from these problems here. They might not be as hardcore, like we we might not be blowing up children left and right. Yeah. But the underlying issue is the same in both areas. True. And it's poverty. Yeah. Poverty is the main oh, issue. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And she definitely gets that point across. However, I'd probably say that she's not breaking new ground in that sense either. I mean, it's pretty known that that's 
goes yes. on. Yes. But it's a nice it's nice to be reminded of that because it's real easy to turn a blind eye to it. Correct. Too, you know. And to be honest, we don't have enough artists writing protest music anymore. No. This is a protest album. Yeah. This is a call to arms. This album Pretty much. Every you know, over half the songs have a marching beat to them Mm -hmm. that's very visceral tribal over like a whole crowd speaking words it's cool it is cool how she the now that's the whole nother thing about it we're talking about the words and stuff the music side of it Mm -hmm. is is incredible i think the music side is what i love i like all the songs, yeah. I'm still really digesting a lot of it, and I've yeah. listened to it four or five times. But it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. But to the digest. music is killer. I mean, how it's, cool is it that we have two albums, at least two? I, there might be more as well in 2016 that features so much saxophone. We've got Black Star, yeah, that has so much awesome saxophone playing, and then this album, it's killer. It it turns into free jazz half yeah, the time. It does it really does. Like, in the best possible way, it turns into free jazz. Yeah. But I think that, you know, one thing that I kind of don't like, that I could easily say I don't like about the album, is the fact that Community of Hope and The Wheel are the two most upbeat songs on the album. Yeah. And and those were her two singles. Well, very smart to release The Wheel as a single. Yes. Because it's a killer song, It is. Oh man, it's it's a killer song in multiple ways. Yeah, because the lyrics are just they're so hard to listen to. Yeah, I mean that. Did you watch the video? Yes, I have. <laughs> and that you know that call and response with her talking about you know kids disappearing from automobiles uh-huh. and like a bouncing skull here and the trace of an ear here. And the call and response of the guy saying, I heard there were 28,000. 28, like, that's just chilling. Yeah. Like, it's it's like somebody walking on your grave. It's right. absolutely chilling. And I, I still don't know how to react to those yeah. to those lyrics. It's hard to listen to. It, it really is. But the song itself, the music's incredible. Yeah. it's And it is weird that the lyrics are so heavy, but the music is a beat. It is, but it's still that, it's that churning. That driving, marching. It's it's similar to what, and we go back to Springsteen a lot, but it's similar to, you know, the rising with that churning rhythm that's always going. It's similar to that sort of thing. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, you know, uh, protest albums and all that, you know, Bruce is good at that. He's been doing it his whole career. And he's still, you know, the Rising was a good one that he did. I just don't feel like we get enough good protest albums anymore. We don't? This is a good protest yeah. album. This is an album when I put it on, I feel like I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to get out and do something. Yeah. Wonder, I, I'm trying to think of the last good album like Get Up and Do Something. I don't know. That, and that's why this one has hit me so hard. You know, I heard The Wheel on Sirius Radio probably four or five months ago, they pushed it as like the new single. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's a really interesting song. So then I looked it up and then I got to community of hope by looking up the wheel. And then I got to reading about community of hope. And I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah. 
Like this is absolutely incredible. And the fact that, um, the fact that everybody in Washington DC is so upset about community, I hope about that song and about, you know, near the memorials of Vietnam and Lincoln, where she's talking about the poor people that are around right. DC. I think she's hit a nerve that she needed to hit. I think she's yeah. done exactly what she needed to do. The, um, I was trying to find that quote. Um, yeah, the quote that tells me that she did the right thing was when, uh, Two things. Former D.C. Mayor Vincent Gray said, I will not dignify this inane composition with a response. So there's that one. And then campaign treasurer Chuck Thies said, P.J. Harvey is to music what Pierce Morgan is to cable news. I saw that. Those two things <laughs> tell me she did exactly what she needed to do with this album. Yeah. Because she's got them uncomfortable enough that they feel like they need to respond to it. True. And Pierce Morgan just got 15 more minutes. <laughs> That's true. Just by saying his name, <laughs> got 15 more minutes. Both of those things are complete and utter garbage. That yeah. She is in no way what Pierce Morgan is to, to cable news. No. What she did was she rode around with a, a journalist in D.C. Was that was yeah. it a reporter? Yeah. She rode around with a reporter, and she just jotted down what she saw. And he told her about different sections, and she jotted that down. Mm-hmm. And the song, when you listen to Community of Hope, is pretty much just her reading what she saw. Right. And she's yeah. like, here's a this, and here's a that. And here's the last diner here, and here's all of the places that are getting tore down. And then at the end, she does the refrain of, they're putting a Walmart here, and they're putting a Walmart here, and they're putting a Walmart here. Yeah, that's uh, your, it's... That's basically like just driving through the city. Exactly. And seeing it's everything. a travel log. Yeah. And it's, you know, some of this in listening to it about the second time or so, I got a feel of a little Patty Smith too. Yeah. Just, you know, I got more of, I got more of like a more blunt Nick Cave is how I felt about this album. Yeah. I don't listen to a whole lot of Nick. So. Like it, it reminded me of, um, the style of maybe Dig Lazarus Dig where yeah. he had the full band behind him playing like a lot of jazz and a lot of driving beats but he was kind of just spitting his poetry. She's, she's spitting poetry through this, this whole mm-hmm. thing. This is, this is all kind of lyrical stuff that she's doing through the whole thing. Yeah. But, um, there's a few tracks that I think aren't good. I, I don't think river Anacostia is a good track to be honest. It just kind of, it goes really slow and it doesn't do anything for me. Orange monkey is not really a good track in my opinion. I didn't really care for it too much. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think it's, it's a really solid record. I don't think it's going to do well in the U S you know, it's that thing. She's a British woman putting a mirror to our problems. Yeah. Well, and the reality is, has she ever sold well here? Minus probably not the nineties, the brief, the brief stint in alternative nation there. Right. Outside of that. Yeah. Outside of that. And that's not really a good that's the saddest part about it right because it's it's amazing music yeah but i feel like you know the fact that the fact that she's not conforming to what the style is right now this album does not conform to any current styles no at all no i don't even know what to call it like ministry of social affairs that song starts with blues and it and it it is a blues song the whole thing's a blues song it starts with a guy doing like an old time spiritual Uh, it's weighed in the water yeah. Yeah. Right. So 
how is that, you know, how's that supposed to translate to now? Well, it's just another PJ Harvey album. It is. I mean, she is in her own genre. But out of the, out of the stuff I've heard from her out of the last, you know, 10, 15 years, this is the most solid effort I feel like I've heard. Yeah. Granted, I haven't, yes. I well, haven't given a lot of whole album listens, but to me, this is extremely solid. Yeah. In the last, uh, I would say it's for me, and I usually give everything she does a chance. Yeah, this is the first release in the last six or seven. Yeah. That sticks with me. And the packaging's cool, too. It comes with a poster, which is. is pretty rad. Yep. Like it's old school coming with a poster. The <laughs> the inside gatefold's kind of interesting because it has this beautiful mountain range with, and I'm assuming this is probably in Afghanistan or yeah. something, with her sitting in a, in a pile of junk. Like just junk all around her, like all these, all these old cars or machinery or something like that, which is the good, you know, if juxtaposed you, thing. If you could put a picture to the album while you're listening to it, that gatefold pretty much does it. Yeah, and the poster is pretty rad too because it's got you know her holding the sax, which yeah, there's so much saxophone on this album. I love it. We yep. need we need more jazz influences in popular music now. And I'm glad that people like David Bowie understood that and PJ Harvey understands that. Makes me happy. Yeah. Now she just needs to go on tour. I'm sure she will. In the States. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we'll be seeing her at Marathon, I'm sure. Come to the rhyme and PJ. <laughs> that would be excellent, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be excellent, CP. It, PJ, if you're listening. Come to the rhyme and then book a show at the rhyme. You'll love it. Yeah. The acoustics are great. Yeah.